1: Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels, and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Jr.
2: You're listening to the All Angels podcast. Yeah. What is going on, people out there? Uh, this is Dan Garcia from Halo Haven and the All Angels podcast. Um, It's another special edition interview podcast. Uh, I like doing these. It's pretty cool to put something extra out throughout the week before we come on with our normal podcast. So uh, I'm going to try to keep on doing these as much as I can, as long as I can get guests, as long as I can get people to talk. Uh, But this uh, this episode is pretty cool because Taylor Blake Ward, you might follow him on Twitter. He also is on the Locked on Angels podcast. But this guy really knows what he's talking about. This guy really knows his stuff, especially when it comes to the minor league system. Uh, of the Angels, so I was able to catch up and talk to them, so this is going to be hopefully a recurring thing where I can just get people on, talk Angels baseball, and um, put it out as an extra podcast, but before we get to that, it is hard to believe, but football is almost back, the NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game August 1st, and soon we'll have regular season football and college football. That means it's time to make an account with the best online sports book known to man. That's right, I'm talking about MyBookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, MyBookie is the place for you. With an easy, no hassle website, 24 7 customer service, and the bets on every sports and prop imaginable, MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints will get revenge on that terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship game. Or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will win an unbelievable 7th Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? And if you deposit now, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You put in $100, they'll give you $50. You put in $1,000, they'll give you $500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best. But you'll... But they're even more thrilling even when the touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag to sign up today and use promo code ANGELS. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Again, that's promo code ANGELS. So here is my interview I did with Taylor Blake Ward. Um, Hope you enjoy it. So our next guest on the All Angels podcast is a returning guest from last season, Taylor Blake Ward. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man.
2: How are you? I'm doing really good. Thanks for taking time out and uh, chatting a little Angels baseball with us. Absolutely. So, your expertise, as long as, you know, Angels baseball too, but you really focus, seems like you focus on the prospects. And you can't talk prospects without talking Joe Adele. Um, In your best estimation, is his ETA going to be later this year, you think, or is it going to be next year in 2020?
1: You know, he could get a call up to AAA at any time now. And, you know, he can go into AAA and go hit 400 and just show he's outrageous. There's a chance that he could prove that he's major league ready at any point. But at the same time, if the Angels aren't uh, making a push for the playoffs, which we don't know yet, we don't know if they will or won't. um, If his addition to the team puts them in that playoff scenario, then, yeah, there's a chance we could see him this year. But I think in all reality, it's going to be next year at some point, probably earlier in the season, um, all depending on a little bit about service time manipulation, if that is something the Angels will do, which is, you know, every team does it and for the reason of the team, and it makes sense. Um, but I think sometime in next year, uh, we, we'll probably see him early next season.
2: Now him coming off an injury during spring training – at the time, it doesn't seem like it now, but at the time when that injury happened, did you think that pushed his ETA back at all? And in my opinion, it seems like whatever it seemed like it got pushed back, it got caught right back up again with his great uh, year in Double A.
1: You know, anytime you miss development, it can hurt you. Um, like you said, I, it didn't seem to hurt him a whole lot. He performed and he's doing what he's doing right now. One of the top three prospects in all of baseball. Um, you know, I, I'll admit it. I thought that it might take a small hit in his development just because that extra month or two months that he would have needed would was very vital. But what he's showing right now is that he, I mean, he surpassed the development standard that everyone thought he would need. And what he's showing now is really remarkable.
2: And now, like I said, you follow the prospects in the minor league system. At what level – Of the minor league system, do you believe you can get a good barometer on a player and what he could be maybe in the major league level?
1: You know, this is a great question because you look at a lot of guys that are in rookie ball. um, And it's not that they aren't talented, but you're looking at their tools a little more than you're looking at their baseball skill. And when they get into, I've always said this, you know, you get into low single A, which would be Burlington for the Angels that's kind of when you're making the steps of being better than uh, your average college player. You know, that's a level that's very similar to uh, maybe like a a high end sec, like an sec all-star game. You get into high A, which is the Inland Empire 66ers. And that's really a proving point of where you are as a professional baseball player. A lot of guys don't make it out of the California league or high A wherever, you know, Carolina or California league. A lot of guys don't make it out of there. And the reason is that they're just not ready for, you know, to be a professional baseball player beyond that step. Double um, A, I've said it for some time. Sometimes Double A has more talent than AAA. A. Triple A has more established baseball players. But I would say that when they come through high A is really when you can see what kind of baseball player they're going to be. And I, I have a friend that, that told me something. He says, if you're convincing yourself that someone in high A has a chance to be a major leaguer, that's not really a prospect that is someone that you need to follow. That's, you know, at best maybe a bench piece. So if you're not convinced and you're talking yourself into a prospect in high A, it's going to be a little bit more challenging.
2: Yeah, and kind of talk too also about, you know, when um, Billy Epler got to the Angels and where the farm system was to where it is today, how hard is that to do that without going into a total um, tank mode or or where you just sell off all your pieces?
1: Oh, it's nearly impossible. I mean, it it takes five years to rebuild a farm system is is the general consensus. And Billy Epler was able to do that within two or three years. Um, You just, you have to really trust your scouts and you really have to trust that what you're bringing into the organization is going to better your organization. And the angels, you know, had a lot of trust in Joe Waddell. They had a lot of trust in Griffin Canning who both had questions as amateurs. You know, people didn't know if Joe Waddell would hit enough. People didn't know if Griffin Canning would stay healthy and you look at what they're doing. It's, it's outstanding. And that's just, you know, the, the cream of the crop, but you start looking down and there's a little bit more prospect depth, you know, the angel system still has a, a long ways to go it's not perfect, but at the same time, it's an organization that's on the rise, especially in the farm system. And, you know, a lot of people question these moves, you know, Kevin Maiton, Will Wilson, and I'll say, you know, Will Wilson's really proving to be a, a high-end prospect. And, you know, sometimes you have to make the gamble and trust your your instincts on an amateur and trust the upside, trust the ceiling, and trust that your development staff is going to take care of that, and the Angels have so far.
2: And, and you mentioned uh, Griffin Canning you know, a little bit earlier in that in the answer. Um, he came up to the Angels this year and pretty much made an instant impact on them. Um, if you had to take a guess on a guy that's in the system now that will come up next year and make a similar impact, doesn't have to be pitching related, but just an impact, who would you, uh, who would you think would do that?
1: You know, to say that someone's going to have an impact the way that Griffin does, that's hard. You know, I don't think there's anyone outside of maybe Joe Adele that's going to push for that kind of rookie of the year kind of conversation. Um, Brandon Marsh is a guy that he could be up next year, but I still think there's some things to work on with him. He's going to be a great hitter one day. Um, he's going to have some power, have a little bit of speed. He's going to have the tools kind of be like an aj pollock type of player a charlie blackman type player but i think it's going to take a little bit of time for that so for an impact player i think you're looking at joe Adell, and then you start going down the line and seeing you know who's going to be up here and giving us a, a smaller impact maybe not a griffin Cannon kind of impact but a smaller impact
2: now moving on to the the current club the angel club um you know they're kind of hovering around 500. Is this kind of what you thought they would be coming into the season, or what was your expectation uh, before the season started?
1: You know, on paper they looked decent. We all knew that the pitching would be kind of the primary thing. If pitching could come together, they'd have a chance at being a, a wild card team. And I think that that's kind of where they've they've sat. You know, uh, it's I've always said if you can hang around 500 a little over or right at 500 all the way into mid-August, you're going to have a chance because, you know, you're on pace to be an 81-win team, and about 85 to 90 wins could get you into a playoff spot. So you win a few games here and there, you lose a few games here and there. That's the difference between the playoffs and not when you're around that 500 mark. And I think that's kind of where the Angels are. So they've won a few games that they shouldn't have. Uh, They've lost a few games that they should have won. And if they can make it more games that they've, you know, more games they win than they should have, then they're going to improve their chances of being a playoff team. But that's kind of where that nature of baseball is when you're a 500-ish team.
2: Yeah, and like you said, they're kind of 500-ish right now, but I think a lot of it has to do with injuries and everything like that. But talk about, you know, the I guess a big addition this year, at the start of the year, was the fact that they had a new manager for the first time in – seems like forever, Um, and Brad Ausmus, how do you think he's been able to deal with coming to a new team but also the injuries and and everything that's kind of happened over the last month or so?
1: You know, I've questioned some moves that Brad Ausmus has made, uh, particularly with the pitching, but I'm not in his seat. I'm not the manager, and, you know, when sometimes when a decision doesn't work, that's when the hot seat kind of gets, you know, a little warmer. Um, I think the thing with Brad right now is sadly the loss of Tyler, it's the worst thing that can happen to a ball club. But Brad has been through this, and Brad had a very long career. He's seen, I mean, he's caught more pitches than the majority of people in baseball ever have. So he's seen baseball from a perspective that a lot of people never will, including guys on this Angels ball club. And for him to be able to, uh, share his stories, and explain how the team can move forward. You never move on, but you move forward. And also give the experience. I mean, if you think about him. He's only, what, 40-something years old, maybe 50 years old, and he's got more baseball experience than a lot of guys that are managing across all of baseball. I think that experience is going to carry this team and, and help Brad and this Angels ball club.
2: And I know one of the things I've seen you know, on Twitter and social media in general is that Um, I guess it's a criticism that some fans see is the lack of emotion and, and getting fiery. And then you have a um, Aaron Boone situation about his whole epic, you know, rant. Um, In in your past, have you seen teams generally um, go towards one type of manager than the other, the fiery one, or the more like kind of laid back uh, manager?
1: You know, it's all different. Um, we, I mean, the Angels dealt with Mike Sosha for 20 years or so, and I, I think Mike Sosha's you know, he's a Hall of Fame manager in my opinion. But you saw, you know, he would get fiery. He'd get real fiery. You know? <laughs> but uh, when it comes to Brad, you know, Brad's just Brad. It, it's who he is. It's what, you know, you can't change him. Um, you know, I think that sometimes you look, you're talking about teams that look for a certain asset and a manager. I think the most important thing is being able to connect with the players and being able to better them as baseball players. You know, sometimes relationships are different, but you look at what Houston's done with AJ Hinch. I think AJ Hinch is a world-class man. I think he's the best manager in baseball and he's pretty calm. You know, you'll see him get heated at times. And we've seen Brad Ausmus, you know, when he was with Detroit, he'd rip off his Jersey, throw it on home plate. I think we've seen him get ejected this year. Um, you need the emotion, but at the same time having that calm nature, maybe that's what the Angels need, you know. I think that he lets the players kinda dictate and police themselves, and I think that's really important, is that the Angels have a very free nature about them right now and the players can be themselves and, and, and that you know, Mike Soshta was very about that. He didn't go into the clubhouse that often to talk to the guys. He let them be them and I think that's very important.
2: Now the next biggest I guess the event you want to call it on the Major League Baseball calendar—it's a trade deadline—and when we're talking, it's like a week away, maybe a little more. Um, and the thing different this year is that it's one solid trade deadline. There's only—you know—there's not going to be that August waiver kind of period like there was in years past. You just kind of watching the sport in general, do you think that's going to make it have more trades or less trades? Because maybe now more teams are still in the hunt. Like, I mean, you look at the NL wildcard picture and it seems like every team's within like four games. Do you think there's going to be more trades or less trades this year?
1: I think it's going to add to the aggression of these trades. I think we're going to see a lot more. it's interesting. I, I said aggression and now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, it might be conservative. You know, I'm being uh, mixed here because you're going to think about teams that are right in the middle. Um, Some of those teams are going to say, you know what, one guy is going to put us in the playoffs and all we got to do is get to the playoffs to be world series contenders. So let's be aggressive, you know, screw it. We we can't wait until August. We got to do it right now. So You know, this team wants our top prospect. Okay, you know, it sucks for us, but it's going to potentially give us a World Series ring. And then you're going to look at some of the other 500 teams, and they're going to say, you know what? It's just not going to work this year. We're not going to be a World Series contender. So uh, maybe we be a little conservative and look, you know, kind of what the Angels are doing. They're looking for a little bit more of a long-term solution than a short-term rental fix. So, you know, I... (laughs) I think I jumped the gun in my own mind saying aggressive, but it's going to be a very interesting deadline. And you're going to see some teams make some drastic moves, and you're going to see other teams just be you know, relatively quiet.
2: I don't know what the Angels and a lot of fans ask what moves are they going to make? Are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? But in general, do you see any kind of moves, whether it be small moves or maybe a move that was kind of low-key last year, like the Ty Buttrey for Ian Kinsler trade happening again this year, or do you think they kind of stay pat?
1: You know, I, I just don't think they have the trade chips to really make a, a big splash. Um, Brandon Marsh is probably their best trade chip. Cole Calhoun is another one. But I don't think they're going to, you know, just simply part with those players just to change things. The, the thing that I, I like about Billy Epler is is he explained it to us. And he says, a trade isn't to better your season, it's to better the organization. And, you know, sadly, you have to give up pieces to acquire pieces. And if, let's say, you know, uh, Matt Boy, right, and it's going to cost the Angels Brandon Marsh and another guy, you know, does that really better the organization for the the entirety of the organization? So it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to make, uh, a few moves here and there, uh, kind of in the pitching market, um, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to make you say, oh, wow, or oh, oh man. Um, and I think the Ty Buttrey trade last year is going to be something very similar to that. Um, I did not expect Ian Kinsler to be a trade chip by any means last year, <laughs> but maybe they can look at a guy like um, like a Jose Rojas, who they just don't have room for. And, you know, a lot of fans will be upset because they like him a lot. But maybe Jose Rojas, a big-time performer, can bring in a reliever like a Jake Jewell. You know, you're making a swap for a swap, and maybe that Jake Jewell becomes a Ty Buttrey. No one expected Ty Buttrey to be what he is, um, so it'll be interesting to kind of monitor and see what the Angels can do to improve their organization.
2: Now, with the you know season on the back stretch, I'm not asking you to say if the Angels are going to get there, but. If they were going to make the second wild card spot, what record do you think they'll need
1: to have? Uh, man, uh, what are they about? Are they like fifty and forty-eight right now. Does that sound right?
2: Yeah, that sounds about about right.
1: Yeah, I, I, so five games back of that, so you have to pick up five games. I, I think that you're going to have to win about eighty-six, eighty-seven games, and I think I think the Angels can do that. But I think a lot of things have to go right because a lot of things aren't going to be in their control. They're fighting against Tampa and Boston, who they're not going to see a whole lot of. And those two teams are going to beat up on each other. And you kind of have to wish for a team like Houston or a team like New York to walk away with their divisions. Minnesota's like, you know, they're really performing well, kind of walking away with the Central. But you have to hope for teams to really take off in their own divisions and dominate you know you want to see the Yankees beat up on the Red Sox and Rays especially when that's the team you're contending against and you want the Yankees to go win 110 games and I know that's hard for Angels fans to accept but you want to see um the Houston Astros beat up on the athletics you want to see them go win 110 games and walk away with the division because you're not catching them so I think it's important that you view other teams and hope you have to really hope that certain teams just beat up on the teams ahead of you and those teams also have to be well ahead of you. You can't have, um, you know, the Chicago White Sox can't go beat the Minnesota Twins and suddenly they're jumping into the playoff race.
2: Right, yeah. So uh, one question I wanted to ask, or a couple questions I want to ask you about kind of like Major League Baseball in general and get your opinion on it. Um, the Atlantic League is now, it seems like for the rest of the year, it came out that they're going to use that automated strike zone. How do you feel about using that technology at MLB, whether it's next year or within the next five years?
1: You know, I think I'm in the unpopular opinion. I, I like the human aspect of it. And umpires are, are imperfect humans, and they're going to miss calls. But I, I kind of like that aspect of baseball. I don't need perfection in my life, especially when it comes to baseball where nothing is perfect. So uh, I know that my opinion is different from everyone else's. I know that a lot of people want this, um, but I like the human aspect. I, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing because it is a good thing for improving the game improving the pace, improving the accuracy of the game. Um, But, you know, just me personally, I like the human aspect.
2: Now that uh, the hall of fame ceremony was this last weekend and our poll question for every week for we do a podcast is uh, this week's is um, out of the recent, you know, guys that played recently, which one was your favorite? So between Edgar Martinez, Mike Messina, uh, Mariano Rivera, and I am forgetting one. Um, uh, but between those players that are, are, are more recent, who was your favorite to watch?
1: You know, I, so I was very similar to everyone else when I was a kid. I didn't like the Yankees for the obvious reason that they were better than everyone else. And, and I was told not to like the Yankees because that's what you're told to do if you're not a Yankees fan. And um, But I got to <laughs> say, baseball was just better when the Yankees were in the playoffs. And I, Another unpopular opinion, but baseball is better when the Yankees are good. It's It makes you root for or root against something. And Mariano Rivera, I mean, he's the greatest closer of all time. He was the greatest reliever of all time. I think it was really exciting to see him go in. He's probably one of my favorites. I, I really liked Edgar Martinez, of course. Um, I'm trying to – you said – oh, and Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay, Doc.
2: Um, that was the one I was missing, yep.
1: Yeah, and I had to think about it, and that's awful we have to think about it, but I really liked Roy, um, and I, I'll, you know, dating myself here a little bit or kind of make myself a little younger, playing video games when I was growing up, I'd always trade for Roy Halliday. so, <laughs> you know, he was just a guy I really liked, but I got to say, you know, all those guys were deserving. Mike Messina, I'm not going to, you know, discredit Mike Messina or anything, but um, I really liked Edgar, I really liked Roy Halliday. But Mariano Rivera, just he was a game-changer that made the game so exciting.
2: Now, moving on to a little more about yourself. Um, when you're not watching baseball, what are you watching or what are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm hanging out with my wife, dude. That's what you do when you're married. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, what am I – you know, I, I, I race cars. Um, I, I love auto racing. That's probably even – I mean – I hope I don't piss anyone off, but I think auto, I like auto racing more than I like baseball. And, uh, that's kind of been, you know, outside of being with my wife and, and enjoying a new marriage. Uh, and she likes auto racing too. So it even helps a little more. That works. <laughs> so, yep. Um, but you know, I live in the mountains. I'm an outdoor guy. Uh, you know, I like playing baseball. I like playing sports, swimming, kayaking, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of just, uh, the things that I enjoy in life. I, I I watch Jeopardy every night at seven. And if I'm not home, we record it, you know, <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> uh, I like a cold beer when, when it's available. And, there, yep. um, a lot of people you know, in that one. I'm going to go, you know, tonight, um, as much as I would love to go to Dodger stadium, my wife said, Hey, you know, let's go to the galaxy game. And I was like, yeah, heck yeah, man. You know, let's do it. So, uh, you know, just sports in general. And, uh, but auto racing has been a, a, a big passion of mine. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, I'm not as good a racer as I am a, a watcher, but I, yeah. I enjoy
2: racing, too. <laughs> I, I think that's on everything I watch. I'm a better watcher than anything I uh, I, I pretend I can do. Um, so your first baseball memory as a child, it could be uh, listening to the game on the radio, watching the game in person. Do you, do you have a first memory of baseball?
1: You know, I remember my first uh, baseball game pretty well. Um, it was actually down at... Um, uh, it's not Jack Murphy anymore, and it's not Qualcomm. Calm. Is it Qualcomm? That,
2: it was, it was you know, Qualcomm. It was were... Yeah, it was Qualcomm before they moved to the Petco, but I guess that's the last uh, name yeah, they had before they moved out. Think
1: of, I mean, I, I remember my first game, it was at Qualcomm. Um, but my first baseball memory, you know, I, I grew up listening to Vince Scully, uh, same as a lot of people. And I also, you know, I, I watched the Angels. I remember watching Angels games as a kid with my grandfather. I remember watching them with my mother. But I think listening to Vin, my, I thought it was so weird that we would mute the TV to listen to the radio. <laughs> and and now I get it. You know, I, as a little kid, you don't get it. But basically, Vin Scully told me bedtime stories listening to the Dodgers games. And between that and watching... Um, I was actually talking to someone about uh, Maria Torres, uh, LA Times beat right. writer. I was talking to her about this. I watched Home Improvement as a kid with my parents, and I would catch the start or the end of all the Braves games because they were on TBS at the time. So that I'll say, two, you know, between yeah. Vince Scully, between Vince Scully, the Braves. My first game at Qualcomm. Um, listen, you know, watching the Angels games with my grandparents. Um, I, I was a Southern California baseball kid. You know, I, I, I grew up just loving, I love the angels. I love the Padres. I love the Dodgers. Uh, I liked the Braves because I got to watch them, but <laughs> you know, I, I was a big Mark McGuire fan too. I just loved baseball. And I think that helped me uh, when I became a reporter is, you know, you want to have an unbiased feel and an unbiased nature to you. And I had that, you know, I, I had my favorite teams but I didn't have like a favorite team and I had favorite players and I just loved a good baseball game and I cheered for a good baseball game and I think that's what kind of my childhood was is just watching baseball in general so for a first memory you know I had so many that I can't I don't know which one came first, but those are the ones.
2: Uh, that's good. No, and I was the same way with the Braves. I mean, Angels starting at 7 o'clock when I'm a kid, you know, it ends at 11, 11.30, so you never got to watch the full game through. Braves start earlier because of the time difference, and you're able to kind of watch the whole the whole game play out. Um, now, we collect, I, when I say we, the podcast collect bobbleheads, signed memorabilia. Now, I know being a reporter, that's a little bit different, but do you collect anything you know, it could be inside, outside of sports, different sports. Do you have any, a collection of anything?
1: You know, when I was a kid, I had a huge baseball card collection that I don't know what happened to it. Um, I, I've collected a few, I'm not going to say I collected them. I've been given a few things, uh, mostly when I was working in the minor leagues. Um, I was a broadcaster in the minor leagues, and some of the guys would give me cleats. They'd give me bats, and I, I have those things. But – you know, I I know it sounds weird for a grown man to have this, but I'm a big jersey guy. I love jerseys. And um you know, I I know some people are like, uh oh, a gro-, you know, grown ass man wearing a, <laughs> a, a jersey with someone else's name on the back and I'm just like, you know what? No, I support these players. I I love baseball jerseys and or I, I love jerseys. I actually I don't have that many baseball jerseys. I just have jerseys. I have hockey and and uh, football and soccer jerseys, and that's kind of that's kind of been my collection. So if I if I ever had to say I have a collection, I'd say I have that.
2: Yeah, I'm the same way with uh, baseball hats. So obviously, with no one's name on it but oh, the logo, well, yeah, okay. I, I got tons of, of hats and stuff like that. So oh
1: yeah, yeah. I, I've got all thirty teams. I've got all thirty teams, and I've got you know I I wear I it's my security blanket. So yeah, I'll go with the hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes me sound a little more mature,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hats sounds good. Yeah, exactly. Um so again, this is I'll let you go on this because you've been absolutely more than generous with your time uh today. But um, last question I want to ask you is a walk-up song. If you had to walk up to the home plate right now, what would be your walk-up song?
1: Well, first off, you know, anytime you need me, man, I'm all for it. You guys do such a great Thank job, and much. I appreciate that you reached out to me. And uh, Thank you very much. If I had to pick a walkout song right now, you know, I, I'm actually playing a baseball game with a bunch of my old high school buddies. Um, you know, all the guys I grew up playing baseball with, we're going to play a game, and we actually are having walkout songs. And nice. it, it's going to sound real frat house douchebaggy but uh i've got swedish house mafia uh don't be worried you know i so uh i know it sounds cheap um you know i like uh i'm a big country music fan but i don't i can't think of anything off the top of my mind country wise that i would pick um, country music kind of sucks these days, so <laughs> I went with Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> no,
2: that's still that's still a good one. Uh, I want to thank you again for your for your kind words and your time. Uh, you do you are the host of the Locked On Angels podcast. Um, so, give a little more information about that, and then your social media and people where people can reach you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, Locked On Angels. Uh, it's a daily, about fifteen to twenty minute podcast every uh, day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we talk angels, we talk prospects. It's, you know, today we had, uh, my on Dodgers guy. So we did a, a collaboration podcast for the freeway series. We have a great time over there and, um, I've enjoyed it yesterday or, uh, yesterday. I, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but, uh, we do a Sunday night Twitter question answer and That's I pissed a really off good, a lot of people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I, I heard yeah. it. I, I listened to it. I, yeah, that's probably the best one I like. Personally, it's just a Sunday night getting the questions from the fans. But, yeah, I heard that one with the – was it the Rojas take on it?
1: Yeah, I didn't say that he was a bad baseball player, but uh, I said he's not going to be an all-star, and a lot of people were upset about that. So, you know, but, you know, we have fun. We interact, and, and I, I try and make it a, a great show for everybody, and I enjoy it. And uh, if you want to follow that, you can follow us at Locked On Angels. You can head over to LockedOnAngels.com. Uh, If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Taylor Blake Ward. And, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you having me on.
2: No, thank you very much. Uh, Always love talking to people that are in the know and and know what they're talking about when it comes to prospects, Angels Baseball, or just, you know, just baseball in general as a fan. So uh, thanks again. Make sure you give him a follow. But, again, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy that Galaxy game. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) So that was my interview with Taylor Blake Ward again. Follow him. Great follow on Twitter. Uh, the, the Q&A thing he does on Sunday night for his podcast is probably one of the best things I see on, on Twitter, Angels Wise, um, going out there. So definitely, um, if you have time, hit him up. Ask questions. Good one gets played on the Monday. Uh, podcast, but definitely uh, check it out. His podcast is a little different than ours, being every single day, and they kind of break down game by game by game. But it's still uh, a good a good listen, a good follow. Um, you know, there's always plenty of room to listen to more and more Angels podcasts out there. Uh, willing to uh, share share the share the knowledge, share um, with the people. Because if you're like me, you know, a lot of times driving home from work, driving to work, I'll throw in a podcast and and listen to it on the commute. And depending on where you work and how far the drive is or even, you know, living in Southern California, and how the traffic goes, I'm sure you have plenty of time to fit in a a couple podcasts in between. So definitely give his a listen. But before we go, I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deals, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite games, concerts, or shows and race them on a scale of zero to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deals. A yellow dot means good deals and a red dot means not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Geek, Life's an event. We have the ticket. So again, Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to try to do these more and more and more. Uh, try to get people connected to the Angels baseball and, and put them out if we can, um, you know, as a regular podcast, as a regular standalone podcast to give you a little something in between uh, our regular episodes, which we will be, um, which we will be doing Thursday. I'm dropping this on a Wednesday, so the next day. So um, again, thank you for listening. You can get a hold of us at Halo Underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, also, we have a uh, email, podcast at gmail.com. So definitely give us a follow on our Instagram. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter. And uh, definitely if you have questions, comments, things we can do better, let us know we can do better. We'll try to do better because at the end of the day, we try to do this for the fans. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm out.
0: Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This
1: is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers six Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Troy Hunter
2: Jr. You're listening to the Old Angels podcast.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.